0: okay so we're live
1: welcome back everyone it's technically managing number
0: nine
1: nine (laughs) you literally told me right before yes
0: i'm worried about your memory now
1: (laughs) no it's like whenever i get like ready for this podcast my brain's in like a thousand places i'm like trying to predict what we're going to talk about and make sure i don't talk like an idiot but
0: (laughs) i you know what like that's another skill that pm's have to have The switching from one topic to another, one meeting, talking about, I don't know, the website that is like live right now. And then you have to like talk to development about some other feature that you want to change. So that's something that we have to train on that I definitely struggle with for sure. Switching themes.
1: I have a question on that. First, we should probably introduce ourselves. Um, I'm Zach Telke.
0: And I'm Rami Murakami.
1: And if you're new to the podcast, uh, this is technically managing. We're both product managers at Oracle, and basically every other week we just talk about um, pretty much. It's pretty like wide ranging <laughs> podcast. We'll go from just yeah. like personal life, surviving your 20s, um, to also just like what we're doing in our jobs, career advice, things that we're like thinking about, working on ways that we're like looking to improve. So we're kind of like blending both aspects of that.
0: Mm-hmm. definitely
1: <laughs> so no that the question that like that just brought up is like this is something that i think is probably one of the harder things about pm that i've been having to like deal with it. and experiment with is like because our job kind of means we do everything like being the mm-hmm. product manager and we touch on so much stuff like there is more information that we're dealing with like in the day, then we can retain. And that's like something where I think on one hand, I'm curious how your brain handles it. So Mm -hmm. for me, I have a pretty selective memory where, especially when I'm in like work mode or focused on something, I'm very bad. I've always been this way about like stuff that's not in my like relevancy Mm -hmm. scope at the moment goes like in one year out the out, like out (laughs) the other one. So Like on one hand, you kind of have to do that because if you don't, you would just constantly be overwhelmed by the information and you'd get nothing done because like we have to like manage like all these requests and talking to so many different people, like both internally and externally. But also like I still got like long form work where I have to sit down and just Mm -hmm. zone in for four hours and I can't break concentration. Like I feel like it's something that I've personally gotten better about and like the more I'm self-aware, I kind of catch myself and I'm like, oh, I need to pay more attention to like certain things. But I don't know, it's like a hard one because like I don't think there'll ever be a perfect solution. I think that just kind of comes of the job. Like, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I think for me, concentrating for, for like long periods of time, if it's not something that I'm like very like, I don't know, excited about, it's really <laughs> hard. Um, and I try my best to keep everything organized. I told you before I use Jira. So like I write myself my little Jira ticket saying, Hey, work on this, work on that, you know? And, but, but something that really, really bothers me is maybe when I'm working on something and someone pings me and kind of tells me, this is due right now. Like, can you please help me with this? And all my focus goes out the window. And I also feel like I have times where I'm more concentrated than others so it really depends on what you know state of mind i'm in yeah uh but of course we do have deadlines we have things that we have to work on like right now you know so It is a skill that you have to develop. And I also feel like now it's harder because we're always on our phones. We're always looking at different content at the same time. Like my memory is just terrible too, you know, in that sense, like I don't retain as many things. So I have to write everything down nowadays.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do that a lot. Like everything goes in my OneNote and that's even something that... Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, it's so disorganized. My OneNote is terrible.
1: (laughs) I originally tried to keep it super organized, but... Mm -hmm the kind of dilemma I'm running up against that is kind of like too much information. So Mm -hmm. if I were to say, try to get it as organized as I wanted to, Mm -hmm. then I would just be spending all day organizing my one. No, it's like, I got to get stuff done. So like, there is like this balance between being organized enough where you can find things, but also like, keeping enough chaos that you're not spending too much time on it and honestly like I think part of like at least for me it's like I draw my creativity from chaos where it's like if I'm too Mm -hmm. regimented and orderly my creativity shuts down because my brain gets bored I'm like I can predict what's going to happen next by having like a bit of like a let's blend this stuff together and just even with my sticky notes I'll kind of go through phases where I'll have like a bunch of sticky notes all over my desk and it gets to the point where it's like too chaotic. I need Mm -hmm. to just throw it all in one note. But I have had ideas just by like looking at a sticky note for one thing and like seeing a paper note on like something else and like just a weird connection gets made in my brain. So I don't know, that whole thing's like interesting kind of how you deal with information when you have too much of it.
0: Yeah, I do think that Everyone struggles with this because I feel like I've had this conversation with almost everyone that's a VM, you know, and they're like, oh, I I don't know how to stay organized. So I don't know how to remember this because you might be in a meeting, right? And you're recording the meeting or you're talking to someone without recording the meeting and something comes up and I tend to write down everything like really quick. And then sometimes I don't even know what I wrote, (laughs) you know?
1: No, literally you get like (laughs) caught in like the act of taking notes. I used to do that in school the whole time where I, one of the things that I think has helped me get better about that kind of behavior is now when I work on a project or something, this is actually one of the things I wrote down to talk about on the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's like this whole back in school, we had to basically like the way things were done is you had to study So it was like all this time where you quote unquote had to like research the thing, Mm -hmm. but then you didn't like execute on it until weeks later, whether it was like the test or quiz. So you never really knew what was important and you would kind of forget stuff by the time you got around to it, um, like for being tested on it. Cause like, there's like, no, there's just like, it's just a bunch of information. Like you're the student, you don't know what to teach. I mean, you start to get a feel for what teachers care about, which is how you prepare for tests but like that's the like that's one of the reasons why instead of just i guess trying to learn everything and then going like yourself like what's most important like the way that kids like think through if they're being like sharp about it preparing for tests like what has professor so and so cared about in the past what format does he prefer like long term like long form writing or like multiple choice and all that stuff but I yeah, think like rate
0: my professor. <laughs> What'd you
1: say? Do, oh, the rate my professor.
0: Rate my professor to see how, how they can pass the class. Yeah. But I for sure feel like definitely in school, I at the beginning I would try to understand what the professor wanted, more or less. And then at the end, I feel like that was when everything clicked for me. So I would always do better at the end of like the semester, you know, mm-hmm. and that is because of patterns, right? Like then you find out and realize they're more interested in this and that or their test format and stuff like that so yeah it is all about patterns
1: no literally back did you ever have those professors in school where they would just that like the entire grade was just your midterm and your final and it was such a stressful thing because you're like there is nothing to kind of like break this up just Mm -hmm. like diversify like what goes into calculating our grades like you don't even have like any sample data like in your brain on like terrible what this guy looks for it was those were like the most stressful but yeah kind of like like what brought me on this point is that was like also one of the things where i had to learn switching from school to like in a job now is like when you go about doing something that you haven't done before like being a pm how do you do you do it because for me like for example right now i am building like a workshop with SQL CL and Apex. Um, Basically, if for people who are familiar with like what I work on, on a database tools team, I've talked about a little bit, and like even for people who aren't, one of the products I'm focusing on is SQL CL, which is our command line for basically doing your database coding. And in our tool, we have this tool called, or this feature called Liquibase. And like what that does is like, lets you automate deploying your database objects. So like, let's say you have a database and you have tables, which is where your um, like actual data is stored. You might have like an employee's table and a department table. And once you make your tables and other database objects once, and say if you have like a team of developers or something and you, like, want to deploy it to their machines, like, so they also have the databases set up that way. Like, Liquibase lets you do that. So, all you have to do is essentially like run two commands and all that manual database work you had to do the first time. It's like easily just automatically added to your other users or databases. So, that's kind of what SQL CL and Liquibase do. The workshop I'm Working on right now is we can also do it with Apex apps, and Apex is our tool for it's like our low code, so you don't really have to dive deep into programming languages. I believe, I believe you could put like custom code in JavaScript, and if you want, like mm-hmm. basically you can, you can build applications without having to have an advanced coding knowledge. And we can also use SQL CL Liquibase to, um deploy applications to new databases too, because the apex apps live inside your Oracle database. So that's the little quick lesson on that on what I'm working on. But like the thing with, well, it's like just to get back to the point I was starting with, Wait, with that
0: question. So uh-huh. it's going to be available on live Labs after some time or so yeah. people can try it and see how it works.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm building it for cloud world. Um, but it is going to be a live lab so people will be able to try and see how it works and it's not live yet mm-hmm. uh, but it like should be super shortly and i'll probably the next podcast is probably when i can do like a deep dive talking mm-hmm. about it um That'd be really cool. my no my big SQL CL liquid base workshop that i've been working on like the 101 like basics how to do everything That's about to get released. So the one I'm working on with Apex right now, that's going to be kind of like a follow-up. Hey, after you kind of cover your basics fundamentals with the work, like the big workshop I built, that one's about like an hour and a half long, like an hour to an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, This is like a short 30 minute one. I'll be like, hey, if you also work with Apex or have any interest in it, you can also use this to deploy your applications to other databases super quickly. But the kind of like, what got me into this whole tangent about like what I'm working on yeah. is, I know I, I have to, I have to put in the product information and yeah, like I think what I'm working important. on while I'm there. Yeah. Cause yeah. it is cool stuff. And like, even if we have to like pause the stories, like I do like getting that in there just because you don't know who might be interested and It's like, mm-hmm. we do have this platform and we are technically a product management podcast. Also oh, but...
0: people CL works with graph.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is our are... news area
0: right and we're planning on maybe doing some content on that so actually we could even try to do a live lab after some time using sql cl but we'll discuss that you know
1: (laughs) so ramu and i have also been working on ways we can bring content that connects the different um database tools area um like between our two teams so Mm -hmm. i'm excited for that but basically I'm doing this secondary 30-minute workshop and I don't really have experience using Apex um and even like with deploying Apex apps with SQL CL liquibase. I've done it a couple times, but I wouldn't say I've done it like a crazy amount. The way that I work and learn most efficient now versus like in school it used to be study then execute is like learning as I go, and I try to build this, and it has helped me be, I would say, like, get the stuff to stick. Because when you're learning as you go, you see the importance of certain things and kind of like, what's, I guess, interesting information, but might not be essential details. So because you have like a goal you're aiming towards, it -hmm. does make things a lot easier to stick. And I've, like, found it more enjoyable than just 100%. kind of, like, yeah, than just, like, blindly guessing and getting anxious about, like, what am I going to be quizzed on? It doesn't even, like, matter how well you know the topic. Like, you could know a lot about the subject area of whatever you're learning in school. But if that, like, the area that you personally focused on wasn't what the teacher was focusing on, like, you'll still be screwed when a test comes around. So, like, yeah. it is kind of interesting seeing, like, the learning styles of, I guess you'd call it like practice for the real world and now how we actually have to do it. Cause like, would you say that's how you do your Um, learning of like new things? You kind of just take it as you go.
0: Yeah. Like for example, I've, you know, like I'm trying to focus on creating more technical videos for YouTube because the way I work best is let's say that I'm running into an issue and I don't know how to do something, I love to go to YouTube and Google, I'm having this issue with my window. Like, let's say for example, I don't know, uh, with Word, right? I want to, I don't know, highlight a word or whatever. And let's say I didn't know how to do that. The best, the thing that I would do is go into YouTube and look up, how can I highlight a word in uh, Microsoft Word, you know, and find a video. I will for sure look for the shortest video that will get me to my answer, you know, and follow those steps, right? So that's kind of how I like learning if I get stuck because I normally try to do it by myself intuitively until I get stuck and then I try to look for, you know, content on that. And I do think that that is something that we have to focus on nowadays. Like a lot of people learn differently, right? Like some people like to read blogs, other people have to uh, like to watch videos and short videos not you know crazy amount of videos and some people don't even like voiceovers they just want to get to the question or the steps without anyone explaining anything to them you know um but for sure I feel like I've learned the most when I'm just given a task of hey um we would like to have a video about this or we would like to uh present this in I don't know ask Tom that is one of the sessions that we have where people can join and learn a little bit about about our technology, right? So definitely that's the best way I learn. And at the same time, sometimes I do get frustrated because I might spend like three hours (laughs) figuring out one little thing, you know? But then it's so like rewarding to actually, you know, fix or go past whatever was stopping you, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a love hate relationship And I guess, like, with experience, I won't be spending three hours after some time, right? But there's been times where I have to, like, delete my whole environment and start 100% from zero because I don't know what the heck I messed up, you know? So I think that is a process. But at the same time, it is very rewarding. And I don't know if people know, but with at least for, for Oracle, like the cloud, you're able to get a free account and break whatever you want inside of that account, you know, and try different things like Apex, build your own application on Apex, you know, or try SQL CL. Um, no, not try SQL CL. Sorry. Uh, SQL no, C-
1: no they, they can try SQL, no, That's try SQL CL. That's my product.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So you can try SQL CL. Um, there's a lot of things that you can try with a free account. I also, I know that they give you 30 days um, so you can, try anything you want basically. But after that, you have an always free account where you can do at least there are some limitations, but you can still build a couple of cool things in it. And again, going back also to live labs, you can also go into live labs. They'll provide you with an environment and you can break whatever you want, you know, um, without getting in trouble. So I think practicing is definitely the best way of doing things.
1: And the workshop, um, the, the, Both workshops you'll be able to use without having to like use paid resources on OCI Mm -hmm. that I'm building. Awesome. Um, The the first one that I'm like, that I pretty much I'm done with. I'm just waiting for the approvals to go through. Mm -hmm. That one works with always free resources. So even after like the 30 day trial of like credits, you can still have an autonomous database running and you can do like all the stuff in the workshop with Liquibase and SQL CL just using that always free autonomous database like right in oci so that is like nice that if you have any interest in trying out what i'm working on um it will be completely free and that'll be great because like that 101 workshop i'm like super proud and excited about because it literally gives you everything you need to know to like not just kind of understand using Liquibase, but even like all the surrounding concepts and kind of This is like something that, like going back to the whole like learning as you go, Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the superpower that we have now is when you move up in your career, you have like all this lived experience, but you kind of forget the assumptions that people start with when they don't know about something. Like
0: Mm a hundred percent. Yeah.
1: And for me, like one of the things is when, when I was building this workshop, like Not only did I want the steps to be there of like, okay, how do you like replicate your database objects onto other databases? How do you roll back changes easily if something like didn't deploy the way you want it to? Like what's even going on in the files that you're working with? Like I didn't want this to just be like one of those workshops where you click through and you're like, okay, I did the thing. But I don't really understand what I just did. Mm-hmm. So I put like so much background info to this. If you look at the introduction section of this workshop, like you don't have to read through all of it. But if you're curious, like I give a full rundown of how this helps with CI CD. And what CI CD is, it stands for continuous integration, continuous delivery. And basically, if you want to make like an automation pipeline for, your software development, SQL CL Liquibase is super helpful for that because you can create like with the Liquibase feature and a couple other tools, this like automated pipeline where your developers, they'll automatically have their databases created and cloned from like a template. It can do all the setup scripts, then SQL CL Liquibase can create all the database objects in there. And then like, I even like talk about how you can like do unit testing after. So I'm just, I'm very happy with how, because this was like something that I'm like, how does this fit into bigger, bigger picture? What's the value here? And these were questions I was asking Mm -hmm. as I went along, I was able to put that information in there from someone who's like, I don't know. So how would I do it? And like, even just areas where it talks about topics, like say XML files, which is the file format for the change logs, which is like basically the Liquibase files where the database objects are stored in, like in bet- when you're like, those files are what you're deploying. Like, even though that I can't really find much information out there that was good and not like super complicated mm-hmm. on how XML files work. Because if you like, don't know what all the, I guess, elements inside are, it's just this giant text file that has like all of these words. And you're like, mm-hmm. what does this all mean? So like I put like how all this works. So you can like literally go from zero to understanding everything of it. And like, I don't know, that's like something that I thought was really cool. And it did kind of just remind me about like, this is where I can provide value. Is that like forward looking perspective?
0: Yeah, no, I 100%. And I think we, we mentioned it in our couple of first episodes, the fact that we have that perspective of not coming from a technical background give us an advantage to see where people would be confused or they would want to know more information, right? So that they can move forward and become more technical on that, you know, feature or topic that they're trying to learn more on. Because with experience, a lot of people might just think like, oh, but they know that, you know, or, oh, but that step is just, you know, kind of like intuitive, but it's not intuitive always, you know?
1: And it is funny because that whole like mindset is something that you can't like to remind yourself like how it feels like I feel like there's everyone has something mm-hmm. where they're super deep in and yep. interested in and then it's like you bring it up to someone else and you're you're just like seeing that look in their face where <laughs> they're just like you are like starting three chapters. I I, I need you to like yeah. rewind three chapters yeah. like for me with um my girlfriend, Montana, like I'm super into philosophy So if I, if I'm like just thinking about something or whatever, I'll just like start using like pretty just complicated language sometimes that is like makes complete sense to me because that's like the default assumption my brain's operating in. Right. She's like, I need you to like step this back a couple.
0: Simplify this a little more.
1: (laughs) And it's not, yeah, it's like you can be as like clear. And I think that's something that is kind of interesting with it is like you can be as clear as possible Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but you the way you communicate to people who don't have your level of I guess what you call like knowledge or expertise in Mm -hmm. whatever you're trying to communicate it's like you have to give them the building blocks because and you have to like I don't like the word bring it down a level because it makes it sound like
0: like you're like dumb kind of yeah yeah like I
1: I don't like that it's it's almost Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of a better word but I guess like everyone starts as a beginner Mm -hmm. and if you're just talking at the level that like you're at that doesn't do anyone any good because then you're only talking to people who already know what you know and if they already know what you know then there's nothing for you to teach them like you have Mm -hmm. to like give those lego blocks when you go
0: yeah also if you're on the other side of someone explaining things to you i feel like i run into this a lot and is that I don't know. I, for example, for spatial technology, I'll always go to David um, from my team and for graph, I'll always go to Melly, my manager. Right. And I always feel so bad because I will ask them like very, very basic questions as of like, but exactly what does this mean and how does it work? You know, because I'm a visual person. I'm not a person that you can tell them like, I don't know, like I like the physical explanation more so that I can paint it in my brain more than the logical explanation of something, you know? And I, I know that sometimes you can't give the physical explanation of something in technology, but I will go in depth to understand every word sometimes, you know? And I feel bad kind of like going back and forth into like getting deeper and deeper into a concept, you know? But it's because like, I genuinely want to understand, right? Like I'm a PM for this topic. Like I want to be able to get into their level, you know? And of course they come from a a very, very technical background compared to me, right? So sometimes I do feel very bad asking questions, but and honestly, like if you're a senior, Um, watching our podcast, like, I feel like it is so important to give your team a space to actually feel comfortable asking questions. Because the other day, I was literally digging so deep into this concept for our new release uh, for 23C. And David, after some time, he messages me and he's like, and you know what, if you don't understand something that I've messaged you or we d- we discussed and you just don't understand it yet, please let me know so that so that I can clarify. And I appreciated that so much, you know, because sometimes you just feel so bad asking them so many questions and just feeling like you're kind of like not getting it. You're a little slower or whatever, you know, um, so it's nice to have that safe environment where you can ask questions without feeling like you're bothering someone you know
1: yeah everyone i wouldn't say everyone almost almost everyone i've interacted with at oracle and i would say like that's one of the things that well especially, who did
0: you think about what you said almost everyone
1: <laughs> i honestly i didn't have anyone in mind but okay. i'm just like i'm sure there are people just out there case. who are like i had a bad experience like Yeah, Yeah. that was just me not wanting to like say an absolute. But no, like that's one of the things I do value so much about the team that we're in, Mm -hmm. and it is, it is kind of like interesting because I have thought about how tech is like pretty ruthless with who they let in to like just jobs and industries and like not industries because one industry, but like just the company and just different areas and stuff Mm -hmm. and the kind of more I'm starting to, like, get a picture for how this works, I'm like, it does make sense why with the talent in tech, there is, like, such scrutiny around, like, who's in the ecosystem because, like, we are reliant on each other and everyone has been, like, super great about just, like, hey, if you have any questions, like, reach out. People don't give me, like, a hard time if I, like, follow up or if I just, like, come to them out of nowhere. I'm like, here's something super obscure Mm -hmm. and all that because it is kind of this it's this interesting ecosystem where we are all reliant on each other because we have a big company like oracle and just even all the big tech companies we have so many different super deep products that it's impossible for any one person to know everything everything. Mm -hmm. so it's like you need to rely on each other like this isn't just even like about being like nice although that aspect is like a beneficial one and it's everyone's like happier when everyone comes out with like a positive attitude but it's exactly. also it's like it's like necessary too and that's like something Jeff has been very good about being my manager is like he always answers my questions even if I just like come out of like left field with them and even when I'm like not asking questions I feel like he's good about I like that he also throws in his, like, two cents, like, even unprompted by me, because mm-hmm. I think, like, a good manager also tries to predict the areas that you don't even know you don't know, because those are, like, the the most important ones, is if exactly. you know you don't know something, like, you're already working to get to know it, mm-hmm. but there might be, like, some super important stuff that, like, you don't even know to ask a question, because, like, you don't, like, you don't even know that there's something you have to worry about over in that spear.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Everyone has been so collaborative too. Like, I think they all make you comfortable to like speak up, at least in my team, like ev- I know at the beginning because like we were very quiet, you know. Like the people that just joined,
2: mm-hmm.
0: sometimes they would be like, "Hey, what do you guys think?" You know, and like actually call your name and stuff. Like I feel like that has been so like inclusive, and those little things to help with communication inside your team, for sure. And also like talking about like you know collaborating with other teams. Um, so like if you're a PM and you're starting you know, from zero um, definitely bring up ideas of collaborating with other teams because I think that's like the best way for your product to be seen by customers that might not be familiar with your product. Like for example, Zach works on uh, SQL tools, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Like database tools in general. Yeah,
1: Our team is database tools. So Mm -hmm. we cover like everything kind of in that sphere which is a handful of products.
0: And that is huge right so if i know that he has a product or not even a product but like a tool or a feature that collaborates with like the product that i am managing it is a really good idea for you to go to that person and be like hey let's do something together let's do uh, a webinar together let's do a presentation together let's do i don't know a vlog or a video together Because that is such a great way to get your product out there for people that don't know about it. And at least, for example, with Oracle, we're such a big, you know, company that we have so many solutions to different types of problems, you know, and not everyone is aware of them. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is also really nice, right? Like people are willing to put in the time to collaborate with each other, even if you guys are not in the same team. At least that, that has been my experience in Oracle
1: yeah that's been mine too where it's like sometimes you do get caught up with like deadlines and stuff and people Mm -hmm. have like more times than other or have more have time have more time sometimes than other but like at the end of the day it's like if they have the time everyone's been willing to like help out one of the things kind of like on that tangent that i've always i've been thinking about it more i would say is Mm -hmm the highest like levels of the company, like your high senior level executives, like CEO Safra, your like Larry CTO types. At a big tech company like ours, I'm very curious how they make decisions because of the fact that there is so much that we do. You know what I'm saying? Where you have to have like we are still one company, like one corporation, and you do have Mm -hmm. to have your like overall large scale strategies and vision for the company to move forward. So, and I would assume a lot of it is just being able to trust and rely on your like officers of in the company, which are like the representatives and experts for each area. But that's something that like is kind of, interesting I would say because right now with the level that we're at is the way that like we learn is by doing so that's Mm -hmm. how we get familiar with what we're working on and like our specific product areas but it's almost kind of like when you get to that level and you have to be responsible for more information than you can handle Mm -hmm. all of the information that you're getting is secondhand Right. And I'm sure, yeah, like I'm sure like certain executives, like they still have their like favorite technology or their specialist areas where it's like, no, nah, I'm going to still get my hands dirty with that. But they don't have time to get their hands dirty with everything. So,
2: right. I don't it's know, overwhelming. Like,
1: yeah. I want, like, I'm, I wonder how they do it. And I wonder kind of what their tricks and like methods for handling that is. Cause it's kind of like even like the beginning of the episode, we're talking about how like you do have to have a bit of a selective memory. And mm-hmm. part of learning and improving in your job is kind of like that trial and error of like okay i should have been paying attention to that when i kind of just like let it be like an in one ear out the other ear type thing but you're not gonna like know that until you learn it from experience so i don't know it would be it would be cool if the podcast got big enough one day where <laughs> we could get like a top i'm not i'm not requesting larry right now or anything but like you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> upper level executives. Like I'm very yeah. curious how those types of people's brain tick mm-hmm. because just when they've come to talk to us, like for, um, like I still remember, I believe it was Mark Kira, who was one of our top Sam? sales leaders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Ramu and I were solution engineers, he came and spoke to a bunch of like the new hires across I know it was definitely solution engineering. I think there might have been some like sales entry level people too, but there was just something about his, even just over a zoom call, something about his like presence mm-hmm. and the way he like commanded attention, used words and the energy he projected. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, that kind of like caught me back. I'm like, this person hits different. Like there's something to this. And I feel like you have your like salespeople are someone where you see it easier because it's a very external facing but mm-hmm. i'm like i'm curious what how mark learned to like hit like that when he communicates i'm curious how like the upper level strategy types are able to consolidate all the information a lot of which they have to get secondhand to not just like make decisions but make sure they're making like act like decisions based on accurate information because it's hard right. enough to make this like make the right decision even when you have complete information oh my that God. just gets so much trickier once like i can't even self-verify this
0: i think they definitely focus on like the bigger picture more than the that's why we're here right like we're here mm-hmm. to focus on like the small little like you know picky stuff in our product you know um and it's, I, I guess it's just also trust, right? Like you have to trust, like, for example, like your managers, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. But that is a great question. And I think it would be interesting to see how organized they are too, right? Because that requires a lot of organization. Like, I can't
1: wait till the day I'm, I'm far enough up where I get my own personal assistant. I feel like that'll help me a lot.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I cannot, I cannot imagine that. <laughs> but it
1: will happen hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I am always curious. Uh, I've mentioned this podcast all the time. Tim Ferriss is, uh, he's very good about asking like CEOs and leader, like corporate leader and just business entrepreneur types. Those kind of, I don't like the word mundane questions, but those like very specific, like how do you organize your calendar? Like what, what do you do? That's your own note versus what do you outsource for someone to manage you? Cause even though everyone's answer is different, you do start to kind of pick up on patterns of like high performance behavior.
0: Definitely, Um, and I also feel like we would have to put it into tests, right? Like maybe like one week, we try this type of organization. The other one, we try this other type because if not, like everyone works different. So Mm -hmm. something might work for you, but not for me.
1: Well, yeah talking about that experimenting um i think that was one of the questions that you were saying you wanted to talk about in mm-hmm. relation to uh the newsletter that i do so did you yeah. want to like set that one up
0: yeah so um i always read your newsletters every wednesday oh right and i was surprised so i think it was while you took um some time off right <laughs> So, do you want to go over why you took some time off, maybe?
1: <laughs> so, for people who've been listening to the podcast for a while. Oh, and
0: what did you do, too, right? Because we want to know what you did.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, for people who have been listening to the podcast for a while, about a month ago, Ramu and I came in hot on an episode where we had been, like, both grinding pretty hard. Um, we were getting a little bit burned out and we had a little bit of a dance party we waved some sage around <laughs> and got the bad energy out and talked about how we're going to be better about
0: ungrateful, like... right? More grateful.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we've been we've been both, I would say at least I'll only speak for myself. I've been good about the grateful thing, uh-huh. but we were all talking a lot about how like okay, we need to be better about like not overdoing it, not burning ourselves out just mm-hmm. kind of putting boundaries up when we need to and yeah. after we did all that stuff I burned myself out more like two weeks later yeah. just because of all I was trying to juggle um so I took like I just like wanted a reset week so I took a week off and during the time just got away from work like worked on some other side stuff outside of oracle that I wanted to do like was good about just going to the gym. Um. And I also did spend an entire morning because my stack of notes on my desk was getting like way too crazy. I put that all into one note, cleaned it up. That relieves so much stress in and of itself is just having a clean desk. And I forgot how much anxiety that was giving me. Yep. So one of the things where using that time off I was doing Um, was I was just taking stock of like everything on my plate, everything I was trying to do, both in terms of my work life and also just personal stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to do too many things all in different directions all at once. This is why we're in this place right now. I'm like, there are certain things in terms of deadlines that I have to get done. So let's prioritize those, especially because I'm doing a couple cloud world things. So like, that's, that's a big prioritization mm-hmm. right now, but then I'm like, but where are the areas where I can make adjustments and I can say shift energy away from, and I would say there are two types of kind of activities in our job, just to make what I'm about to describe simple. It's like your mentally intensive work and your you don't really have to be like completely locked in type work. I was trying to do too many mentally intensive things, which you just, you hit a wall with it. Like you can't always be doing creative writing. You can't you didn't always. have
0: a balance basically. Yeah,
1: I didn't have a balance. And one of the things I was doing that was mentally intensive was the newsletter, which was, which I still have. It's the Wednesday weekly. If you want to sign up for that, it's on telki.tech. It used to be. Every week, I would do a newsletter about the things going on in database tools, product management. I would keep it fun. So there are three quotes of the week. And I would just talk about like articles I was writing, technologies I was working on, workshops I was building, linking to it. And I would often share other people's stuff too. Like Ramu, you had an article I shared. Mm -hmm. Um, I shared Chris Hoyna on my team, who's another product manager, some of his cool stuff he's been working on so I really love that newsletter Mm -hmm. and it was something that I did want to continue but I was also realizing that it was taking a lot of mental energy on my Tuesdays for a Wednesday release and because my problem was too many mentally intensive tasks, I'm like, okay, I really like doing this newsletter and I want to make sure I continue to do a good job with it. So I, while I have to prioritize my actual work and like my deadlines and like my main PM activities on the flip side, I don't want the quality of this newsletter to suffer because I want it to be like multiple times worth the value when people open of their time. They take, like it takes to read it and all that just because People's time is important. There's attention grabbing for everywhere. Like the competition of today's age is for your time. So I'm like, okay, what can I do with these parameters to fix my situation? And I'm like, what if I just make it a monthly newsletter where I only have to worry about it once a month, it'll be easier for me to have more content around it because it's no longer this weekly scramble. Um, And just like also with it, like it'll just give me more space to work with. And I just I don't have to like worry about giving up on the quality for it. So the Wednesday weekly is now going to be called um, the monthly mail. If you want to sign up for it still on Telki Tech, I still I have to change up the page for it. So it still says Wednesday weekly, but it's essentially going to be the same thing that I'm doing now what I'm working on any cool Oracle resources and information I, about I, I our technology. Really,
0: I really also liked how short it was and how uh-huh. right to the point it was. Yeah. So I think that's like key for sure, you know, because it's like easier to digest, you know, but no, I loved, I loved your weekly. I miss it sometimes, but it's okay.
1: Oh <laughs> uh-huh. No, like, I think that'll be like a good thing for it Cause now I can make sure that I don't, say burn people out on it too where I did like the weekly thing for the repetition but like having it monthly now I think that will be better because I can kind of still like keep it very value packed like you're saying like Mm -hmm. succinct and concise but now like there's like less of a scramble I have to worry about and it does like free up more time for me so that's been like nice getting that burned in off my shoulders
0: so I want to highlight a couple of things, right? Mm-hmm. Number one is that like, when I read that, I was like, wow, I'm so proud of him because I feel like sometimes it's hard and it happens to me all the time. Like, let's say someone comes up with me, it comes up to me and they tell me "Um, we need to do this. And I'll give myself a deadline out loud, right? And I'll say something like, oh, I'll have this by the end of this week, right? then it's really hard to go back in your, oh, I'll have this by the end of this week, right? And I feel like, I mean, like, I'm not, I don't know what your thought process was, but for me, it would be like, wow, no, like, I really need to have this by the end of this week and I'll feel bad or like, I'll feel like I left myself down because I didn't have this by the end of this week, you know? So I feel like the having to go back and like correct, you know, whatever you your deadline was was like a really big important step at least like me personally because like i feel identified to that you know Mm -hmm. and understanding kind of like that you have to prioritize yourself instead of all of this you know work that you would like to do every week but you can actually perform better doing it monthly you know and continue to have that good quality because at the end of the day of the day that's your like that's your newsletter letter right like you want it to be good you want it to always deliver right yeah. but at the same time you go always back to okay like i need to prioritize myself to do this the right way right and i think we forget about that sometimes like sometimes i'll have so many deadlines that i'll be like you know what i just want to get it done like i don't even At this point, I don't even care how it looks anymore, you know, Mm -hmm. and that shouldn't be your mentality because that's your work. Like that represents you still at work or outside of work. So I think those were for me were like the highlights of like what you did and how I think it was like a really good choice and decision because you're not giving up on anything. You're just saying, you know what, like I'm going to compromise to do it every month instead of every week.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, like you were saying with the whole, if I say I'm going to do something, like I take that Mm -hmm. really seriously. So I hate when I can't do that. Mm
0: -hmm. So I'm like,
1: that's, that's like just the reason why I'm like, I have to find some way to change this because exactly. I don't know. It's like, I've always, I've always like prided myself with doing the best work that I can. It might not be the Mm -hmm. best thing in the world, but if I do it to the best of my ability in that moment, then it's like I stretched myself and learned from it. Mm -hmm. And I would even say like with all the stuff I've been working on, like Telki tech, product management, um, like all the different things within that sphere. And just even co- coming from a not tech background, originally mm-hmm. being in finance, like the way that I've been able to, I would say, get to the point where I am and like do the things I'm super grateful I'm able to do mm-hmm. is because I have had this mindset of, Like, don't be afraid to try something and, like, fall on your face, look ignorant, like, say or do some stupid stuff, as long as you learn from it. Where, like, with all this stuff, like, I came from a mindset of, like, okay, I want to experiment with this. I think this is a good idea, Mm -hmm. and enough so that I should at least try it out. And now, after you, like, have done something for a bit, you're like, okay, what's working, what's not working? It's like, you're not going to know when you first start doing something
2: mm-hmm.
1: all the roadblocks and hurdles that you run into so there is like a bit of a leap of faith to it
2: mm-hmm. but like
1: and once you get going though it's that's how you kind of continue to like refine your ideas and improve where like I I think YouTube I think I think YouTube channels and YouTubers are a really good example of that is you look back at their super old stuff like let's take something like Mr. Beast, who's known for, like, making really, like, entertaining, family-friendly videos. His Mm -hmm. early stuff was just him talking to a camera, like, getting comfortable. Even with us with this podcast, like, you have to start somewhere. And once you kind of get that, like, baseline foundation figured out, you can start to be a bit more aware about, like, okay, here's the things that are working. Here are the things that aren't. Let's cut off the fat of the stuff that's not working. Focus on what is and also go what problems are we trying to solve That's the stuff that didn't work we still have to solve it and like that's when you can like try new ideas and like with the newsletter now like I'm excited to see where it goes in the future and maybe there will be a day it goes back to weekly but like at Probably. least for right now like having that ability to adapt to it it's what's decided between being able to continue this versus like having to shelf it like not being so stuck to your idea where like I'll be very stubborn about ideas if I want to try something like it's hard to get me off it if I can't find a reason not to Mm -hmm. but once I find like what's not working and I'm able to recognize it myself that's I'm like okay in order to like save the whole boat we got to like cut off some areas of like whatever's not fully like working to the point it needs to be
0: yeah i think that's like also like a really important skill right because you Mm -hmm. could have definitely been like you know what this is not working for me and i decided that it was going to be weekly and since it's not going to be weekly anymore um this is over and that's it and you just like disappear from the earth or whatever you know so yeah just i think there's times where you can actually go back and say, you know what, I'm not able to do this, like this right now, because the quality is not going to be what I want it to be. And please let's adjust. Because sometimes we're just so like, I'm not going to adjust, you know, I need to get this done right now. Or you, I don't know, like there's people that they might not even like just tell you, for example, like if you have a deadline and you're working with someone, they might not tell you, you know, Hey, I wasn't able to do it, but I'll do it tomorrow. You know, they just disappear. So Mm -hmm. I felt like that was a great decision for you. I was telling you (laughs) to basically take breaks because I know how much you work, you know, and I think it's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, it is kind of funny because I am like grateful I have these problems because the reverse of having this because I'm – even though like there's some learning pains as part of this. And I think part of, I just think growing as a person is pushing yourself further than you can actually go and That's like hitting amazing. that wall and stumbling. So then like you can like regroup and be like, okay, we learned some lessons, but I got to learn quicker than I would have otherwise because I was a bit bold, but I forgot what I started that point, but <laughs> I had somewhere else going with that, but I lost it. But, um, I'm trying to, let me think if I can remember. Yeah, no, I, I don't know where I was going to that. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, like, I also think like the fact that like you started all these new projects and like they're pushing you to learn, they're so important. Because like, for example, I remember that um, like a month ago, I met with this kid that I think I told you about that he was um, doing an internship for a PM role. He was about to start this internship in another company. And he was telling me that he was very nervous about public speaking, right? And giving presentations and not using this like filler words. And I remember that at the beginning, oh my God, like I hate replaying our podcast, but I was like, oh my God, all of the filler words I'm using, like they're driving me crazy, right? And I know I still have them, but I'm more conscious about it. And that helps a lot. Like you putting yourself in this situation, like, yeah, we might look at our podcast, like, you know, when we started, like in a couple of months or years, and we'll be like, wow, you know, like this has changed so much. Like we're way better at public speaking. That is so important. It's such an important skill to have as a PM, you know? And putting our thoughts together, like something as simple as, you know, putting your thoughts together, sometimes is hard, you know? So I think just trying new things, pushing yourself to do uncomfortable things is the best way of learning too.
1: Yeah. I would say public speaking probably for me is like one of my weakest skills naturally. So like just with the podcast, like the and filler words so and stuff. because you're yeah, so we're...
0: good. You're so good. I, at...
1: I like... I don't know what it is. I like I I'm hard on myself about it. Like, even with just the fact I lost my train of thought right there, <laughs> I hate it. I feel I worry so much about going too long on my tangents and stuff. I think that's honestly that kind of self-critical attitude is what drives mm-hmm. you to be better and why we have gotten better, like just in such a short amount of episodes, like doing this, because mm-hmm. Like, we are constantly, like, looking to improve it, but I don't know. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I think, we've first of all, you are great at speaking and explaining things and putting things together. I think that's such a great skill that you have. So do not say that, because you are really good. And I do think that, overall, we've improved a little more, you know? Like, I think one of our comments was to maybe make our you know whenever we're talking about something a little more conversational and I think that that's something that we're working on right now and because that was part of why we started this podcast right because we had good conversations that taught us things like every every time we spoke we would come up with like a different way of seeing things so yeah I think it's mm -hmm. sorry no and
1: like I think like especially with like technical stuff that's super important because Mm-hmm. It, it's why this podcast isn't just us talking technical the whole time is because mm-hmm. like you can only take in so much information at once so we have to like almost kind of put the pill like wrap it in the peanut butter of just casual conversation keep it fun where it's mm-hmm. like we can go in and out of like hey like we're talking about how the two of us are going to be doing some collaborative like SQL CL meets graph and spatial work I was talking a bit about like the SQL CL liquid base stuff and, but like, it's not just like us hounding the hardcore information the whole time. And I'm really excited to see where we go with this just because like, even just talking about the technical stuff earlier, like I'm excited to see just us getting so much more fluent, getting in and out of like conversation mode to technical mode and making it seem like seamless yep. like, in that process.
0: And like, I feel like, Honestly, like the little tips that we give people of like, you know, collaborate with other people or this skill is good for this or this other thing, you know, like that is part of like your human part, you know, that if let's say you're not that technical but you bring those creative things to the table with your team, they might be very impressed, you know? So that could make a difference too. Going back to our um, discussion. I think we have one more discussion and I actually, we want to tie it down to how we say that, you know, like everyone is so collaborative and, you know, we've always had really good experiences when working, you know, asking questions for other teams and stuff like that. Right. But have you ever had like an experience where you're working with someone or in something and they're not doing their job?
1: It's funny because I have a lot of like school group project examples and it's something that not really with work. I've gotten lucky with that because I would say I'm like super on guard for that kind of behavior just because like I don't want the quality of what I'm working on Mm. but this is something where I think It's kind of like my competitive versus cooperative brain where Mm -hmm. I've had to learn as I grow up. And I think this is just an everyone like maturity thing, like how to be more cooperative. Like one of the things for me is like I will be pretty like I prioritize like quality of work, I would say, Mm -hmm. over like the social kumbaya. Yeah. So I am kind of curious, like especially as I get more into collaborative stuff where it's not just I have to do my part and say the other aspects are just completely outside my hands, mm-hmm. kind of like how I'll handle that because that is a hard one. And my thing back in the day with college or something is I would just do that person's work because it would take more time to-
0: Follow up with them. On yeah, it,
1: it take more time to track. be their parents <laughs> and then they still wouldn't do a good job than it would to like get them to do it. And I'm not talking like the people who care and are actually trying, but say maybe they're a little bit area. or they need like a little extra help. It's like the same way how I'm really appreciative when I can like go to someone and they'll like help me out, like kind of Mm -hmm. here's the way to do things. I like to do the same thing with other people where it's like, if you're making an honest effort, like this is what I'm talking about. Like, always help people become better at what they do. I'm talking about the people where it's like, it's very apparent that they don't care and -hmm. they're not going to care kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, I've been, I'm trying to think if I have any examples of that just in solution engineering or PM. I don't think I've ran into that because solution engineering, it's like we had our cohorts in terms of um. When Ramu and I were solution engineers, especially during training, they kind of put us up into these little squads of like two or three people. And I got lucky with that where um, my cohort were two other people on my team. Shout out to Chandana and Carrington. They were both like great, sweet people who worked hard. So I didn't have an issue there. And just even now being in PM and like working with Jeff and Chris and whenever I like reach out to like our developer, anyone else, like I haven't really, everyone's been so kind of on their game. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't like ran into that problem yet here.
0: Yeah. Cause like, I would love to know how adults. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I'm not an adult, how adults handle this because I do think that I also have that approach of like, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. But just to clarify, it has nothing to do with, like, my team right now. Honestly, like, I love my team. They're, they like, we're all so cor- collaborative that I cannot even complain. And that, actually, that project made me realize that I have an awesome team, you know? Because sometimes you're at work and you're like, you know, this is not college anymore. This is real life. You're getting paid to do things. And, you know, you don't want to annoy anyone around you, like, They could be the person that writes your recommendation letter in the future, you know? So I was working on a project outside, right? And I was having a hard time with one person not doing Mm -hmm. their job or their work and me following up with that person apart from like the other team because I I don't want that person to get into any trouble or any issues, you know? But of course I have my other job that I have to do where I have literally deadlines. I have to, you know, deliver really well too. And I'm doing part of my job that it's already like taking a lot of my time to have someone not do their part, you know? And maybe keeping me behind because they might have to do something before I do my my part of the job, right? So I feel like my So like my boyfriend, he, he's a tech lead, right? So he has a team under him Mm -hmm. and I was venting a little bit, you know, and he was like, you have, he basically said, you have terrible like leadership skills because you should have said something, you know, to someone, or you should have like call him, call them out or whatever, you know, and and that made me think like, okay, maybe I'm not doing the the adult thing to do, right? Instead of like, maybe I should have spoken to someone or something, right? But I just felt like I didn't want to like put that person in like a bad situation, you know? Even though yeah. I did feel like sometimes they didn't care about what they were doing, you know? And I ended up doing it. I ended up doing all the, the work that, you know was blocking me from continuing. So I don't know. It was just such a hard situation for me because I'm not a confrontational person. And I did feel like I was kind of pulling this person to do their job, you know?
1: Yeah. That's, that's definitely something that I've been trying to kind of find my frequency with. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's like one of the major things I've been like focusing on lately is because I come from the Northeast and just the, it's kind of funny. Cause I would say like from a Northeasterner's perspective, I'm like very accommodating. Mm-hmm. And, but like, if you take me outside the Northeast environment, I would say that like my default is more assertive than most, I would say like cross United States cultures. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, there's something about like the directness of it. Mm-hmm. And with the space that we work with, like with product management and tech is there is a lot of ambiguity expertise and mm-hmm. you don't always have the full picture mm-hmm. so i've personally been trying to kind of balance the whole like my brain thinks it knows what's going on and i like to kind of like have that direct conversation with the fact that I've also been like i'm chances are i'm not the smartest one in the room in any given situation Mm -hmm. and you probably don't want to be because then you're not learning from people Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like balancing that like when do i need to just be like assertive straight up quote-unquote like call people out
0: versus
1: one it's like be kind of empathy it's like that empathy versus tough love type thing where like who knows like maybe someone's like having just having like a bad day or a week or something and they do a great job of the other stuff they work on but Mm -hmm. for whatever reason they're sandbagging on your thing yeah on one hand you don't want to be like too aggressive with calling them out because then it's like well now your name has like just a bad ring in their own mind and chances Mm -hmm. are kind of like we're talking about how you have all these different expertise areas across a big tech company and you are reliant on each other Mm -hmm. if you ever like need to reach out for that like that person for something it's like now you're kind of starting from an awkward place
2: right but then
1: on the other hand it's like well we all just can't be super empathetic and accommodating yeah and sometimes like just having that direct confrontation, just even be like, Hey, dude, like, what's up kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That's that could like a bring up just help you bring stuff to light and Mm -hmm. reveal that there's more going on the situation than you know, or maybe Mm -hmm. you can just like finally ring some sense into the person because if you don't like call someone, it's like kind of like that balance where it's like, you can't just go around calling everyone out because no one's gonna like you. Mm -hmm. and you're going to just not going to be able to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. But you also just, like, I don't know. If you never call anyone out, no one ever learns. And then you just kind of have, like, people, like, going around the ecosystem, like, causing problems, but no one is afraid of, like, speaking up. So I don't know. It's like my kind of version of it hasn't really been so much I've had to, like, someone this has been directed towards Mm -hmm. almost kind of – it's been more for me just trying to balance – how empathetic I should be versus how kind of like, okay, I have an idea, like, let me be direct about it. And like, let's kind of move forward. It's, it's kind of like that. I guess you would call it like military, like top down, like, give your orders, go execute, there's an efficiency to it, versus your, like, council meeting, we all kind of put our thoughts in the center and get swirled around. And we come to a solution where it's like a little bit of this person a little bit of that person where like i th- i think that's kind of one of those things that might make it so hard to be a good leader but like when you are it's super impactful being able to switch between those two modes because i don't think it's like one or the other like i think it's kind of you have to find out what the situation is for but yeah that's that whole just dealing with people who like aren't kind of like holding their weight like that's it, like a tricky one
0: and I'm, I definitely agree with like being sympathetic if that that's the word right
1: mm-hmm. sympathy um, is when you sympathy is when you can't directly relate but you still like want to give your feelings empathy oh, is the okay. one where you can personally relate I'm always like trying to remind myself on those two
0: okay because like I, I do feel like I can relate to people um it was like the the way the communication went I'm mm-hmm. almost positive that at some times it was more of like, I'm not, I just, I'm just leaving this for the last minute or whatever, you know, like this is not my priority type of thing. So, and honestly, like when I heard comments like that, I was like, wow, you know, like I I didn't know how to like, you know, like um, react to that. Yeah. So, but at the same time I was thinking to myself, we're adults like i'm not going to go and tell on you you know like I yeah. felt like that was just like i'm not gonna call your mom until you know what i mean <laughs> tell her that you're hitting me or something like you know what i mean as a child or whatever or t- tell yeah. the teacher so that was me thinking i was being mature you know but at the same sim- that, that that's that's the well sorry that's the thing right like
1: you don't want to overreact, but you also, like, don't want to underreact, too.
0: Right. Because, like, when it's affecting me, those were, like, the weeks where I'm, I was working till late, you know, because I was trying to manage my actual job with the project that I signed up for with other things, you know. So that did affect my my work, you know, and me as a person because I'm not resting enough because I'm dealing with this. Plus, you're giving me social I don't know, like stress, you know, because I don't know how to cope with this. So it's like, I definitely wonder what's like the best way of dealing with someone that doesn't work or doesn't want to do their work at work, you know, as an adult, you know?
1: That would be a good question to like, save in our notebook for when we have some guests on, yeah. especially when we're talking to like the manager types, because like conflict mediation I would say probably most of management, especially because there's like so much politics involved with just high level decision making, especially if there's like a lot of money on the the line and stuff. So yeah, I I find those topics super fascinating because I don't know, it's like, I feel like I will always have that business love in me. And I would say kind of like my career trajectory I'm hoping for is to get more into like upper level management roles and stuff at some point so i've also just found it helpful to think about these kinds of things now because it helps me be more like sympathetic towards my manager and try to like be proactive in terms of like i want my goal is to get my stuff done but also hopefully like communicate with you and make your life as like easy as possible too like what's what like try to get in the mind of Jeff and be like what is he probably worried about and thinking about and if I can start to at least
0: avoid that
1: yeah try to like approach things from that perspective then you kind of know how to package things and also how to like predict problems and things that you can help with
0: exactly yeah that is I think that's definitely if anyone has any suggestions please leave us a comment
1: (laughs) yeah because I'm curious how people deal that and I'm also kind of curious how they learn to deal with that, like, mm-hmm. I would guess those are one of those things where you can, like, only learn through experience.
0: Or... Yeah, he's, like, actually, like, I've seen my boyfriend, right, because we're, like, we live in a one one so, like, sometimes I'll hear his conversations and stuff, and mm-hmm. I've heard him pull that person out of, like, you know, their meeting or whatever, and kind of ask them, like, you know, is everything okay, like, how can I help you um kind of, like, get your job done faster, you know, like what's happening? Is there anything you can understand? Right. And they might continue. Right. So then second, second call again, you know, like we're running into this issue again, you know, you're causing a couple of blockers. Like, what can we do? Like, do you want me to like talk to someone else to see if they can help you with your job until you, you know, catch the rhythm of things, blah, blah. And then the third time they might he might have to to escalate it you know Mm -hmm. because they they're like intense you know and like developing so yeah I don't know but he he does it like super calmly you know um and some people have even gone back to him and they've told him like hey thank you so much for calling me out like you know now I'm like more mature in that sense or whatever you know but I was just like, damn! I'm not even your manager. Like, I don't know what to do. You know?
1: We should get your boyfriend on the podcast. When I was like hearing that story. I'm like, dang, that's like a good way of handling that. Like, start from the whole like, hey, like everything okay? Perspective, right? But then you slowly like get up to like, okay, if you're not gonna like tell me what's up, you gotta get your shit together.
0: Right? No, literally.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I mean, like, that—that's the problem, right? Like, you're—you're. You're, your aim is to get your job done, right? If there's something going on, of course, like we understand, but at the same time, like if nothing is going on, then we have a problem. Yeah. But yeah, it's a hard topic. (laughs) At least for me, oh my God, I hated it. So I was so stressed for days because I didn't know how to handle that. So yeah, it's good that you haven't run into that, honestly.
1: I know, I was like thinking about like, actually... (laughs) My life's been kind of good so far, but <laughs> yeah, that's it's funny because I feel like everyone has like your school group project examples of it. But I don't know. I, I think I've gotten pretty, I've talked about it's like I've gotten lucky with the ecosystems and Oracle I've been in. And it does make you kind of appreciate like being around these people and like not wanting to lose that because, yeah, like once you find people who it's, like care and they like work hard and they're smart, it's like that's a really great thing to definitely like have around
0: it's just hard to like let go of that you know <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's been some time so do you think we could end the podcast on this night? yeah
1: this is probably a pretty good place to end it
0: yeah well thank you everyone for listening i hope you enjoy this episode and we'll see you in two weeks
1: yeah hope uh, everyone has a good week that was technically managing